Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you'd like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. I thank all of you for being here. Man, that is such an honor for me for you to come to these programs. Um, We've been doing this uh, nine or so years now. And we started it just wanting to to have something that had nothing to do with selling anything, just to help people. And and uh, we said we'll give it a try for a few weeks and see how it goes. Um, we had uh, uh, very few people come at first, and um, the last time we checked, um, there's about ten thousand people monthly that come to these programs. And um, so we are greatly, greatly honored by that. And please, if you enjoy what we do here and what we talk about, go back and listen to some of the uh, archives that are available for free for a couple of years back or so. Um, you may find one that it, that is very specific to your situation in life that we did a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, you can sort of tell by the titles sometimes, um, but anyway, I would encourage you to do that if, if these are benefiting you. Okay, the spiritual law of nature today is, a, is one that is in mystery, and it's exciting to me. It, it's something I'm passionate about. Uh, I've seen it over and over and over in my life, and it's kind of uh, amazing to me every time I think about this and and how I've experienced these truths we're about to talk about in my own life and Hope's life and Harry and George's life uh, with my clients, um, all of the above. So, So let me finish the title. Ken gave you part of the title because that's all I gave him. But here's the whole title of this one. It's not so much what you do as how you feel about what you do. Okay? It's not so much what you do, but how you feel about what you do. So that's that's the prayer and meditation thing I would give you for this week as you go walk or pray or sit under your tree. I'm used, uh, I sit under a tree a lot and walk around the tree 
and that sort of thing in a real pretty area uh, around our house. Um, but I would really pray and meditate about that this week, and I think the holiday time is the perfect time to reevaluate this issue. It's not so much what you do as how you feel about what you do. Okay? Um, and I'm going to reference um, ancient manuscripts today. And I think everyone I'm going to reference was from the Apostle Paul. Okay? And um, one that I've referenced a lot because it's one of the most important statements in the world uh, related to health, happiness, success, failure, unhappiness, great relationships or uh, poor ones, is what Paul wrote when he said that when you do stuff, everything is about why you're doing it and, and where you're coming from when you do it to the point that he says if you do a good thing, even if you do an incredibly good thing, even if you do such a good thing that you give your life for another person, but if you don't do it out of love, you might as well not even do it because it will not benefit you one bit if you do it for any reason other than love. So, so you might as well not even do it, okay? And, and, and that's the first one we've talked about a lot. But I really would like you to pray and meditate this week. Why do you do what you do? Is it, are the things that you do a have to or a want to? Okay? Uh, if you've read my book, uh, the last one, you know that I tell a story in there about, and I've talked about it on this program too, about how before uh, Hope and I were separated, my most dreaded thing in the world to do was clean a toilet. And I hated it. I would do anything in the world to get out of it. If I had to do it, I would do it kind of mumbling and grumbling under my breath and was miserable the whole time and, and you know, felt anger and frustration and you know, all this stuff about having to clean the toilet. And then after Hope and I uh, had a recommitment ceremony for our marriage and were really happy, and God had changed me from the inside out, all of a sudden, with, 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 without even really being conscious of it, I was cleaning a toilet and was humming and singing at the top of my lungs while I was doing it. And, and it didn't even register to me, but Hope came and found me, being sure that I was goofing off and not, not helping her clean house, only to find me with my head stuck in the toilet bowl, singing and humming joyfully, happily. And she couldn't believe it, because she knew the thing about me in toilets, and and was like, you are cleaning the toilet, singing and humming and looking like you're at Disney World or something. And, and I said, was I? Okay. And, and I'd really even almost kind of forgotten 
how much I used to hate that, I'd been so transformed internally. I really almost didn't even remember it. I, I did, but I had to think about it for a second, okay? So how you feel about what you do, whether it's a have to or a want to, is critical as far as the outcome and as far as whether it benefits you or not and I'm talking down to your cells being open or closed, whether you get an illness or disease or not, whether you're happy or not, whether a relationship is intimate and close or strained, how you do at your career, everything. It's everything. The, the people that really excel at things, and, and when I mean excel, I mean the whole package. I don't mean just make a lot of money. I mean make a lot of money, and they're also happy. Okay? Those people do what they do with a passion. They do what they do from a positive place. They'll usually tell you, I love what I do, or I really like what I do. Um, I love being in relationship with this person. Or, or, as far as my part of the relationship goes, I have no unforgiveness, no negative only positive, those are the people that tend to have great relationships, all right? Uh, and the same with everything else in their life. So how you feel about what you do and the place you're coming from, whether out of love and, and, and being positive or whether it's strictly just a have to and I don't really want to do this, all I want to do is get to a certain end result and I guess I have to do this to get there, okay? Now, having said that, we're always going to have times when we feel, okay, I really don't feel like doing this, but I've just got to get it done. Hope and I have had some times in the last few months. She had um, emergency rotator cuff surgery from an injury, and her arm is fine now, by the way. That was about four months ago. But with her being completely incapacitated for about the first month and a half or two of that, in really bad pain all the time, um, the, uh, my boys and I uh, had to take up the slack. We had to do a lot of things that we're not used to having to do. And I'll admit, some of those were kind of have-tos. And that's how I felt about it. it. It's, okay, well, I need to do this. Now, I wasn't upset about it or angry or anything, okay? In fact, in fact I remember thinking a number of times, you know, that it was an honor to do that for, for Hope because I love her so much. And I told her that when she said, I'm sorry you're having to do these things. And I said, oh, baby, no, it is an honor for me to, to do this for you. And, um, and so that was kind of cool. But I would really encourage you to pray and meditate on that this week. And, and, and to me, this also corresponds to another thing in my last book where I talk about the three kinds of beliefs, placebo, nocebo, and de facto. And of the three kinds of beliefs that you can have, two of them are a lie. Two of those three, you're believing a lie. With placebo, you're believing something positive, but it's not true. And you get some of Typically, you'll get some positive effect from that, but it usually is not permanent, 
and it usually is not long-term or complete, okay, because it wasn't the truth. It was a sugar pill. It wasn't real medicine or herbs or minerals or whatever. The other one is nocebo, where you're taking the real thing, the real herb, the real mineral, the real medication or whatever it is that should make the pain better and has the power to make the pain better, but because you do not believe it will make your pain better, it very well may not. Dr. Ben used to lecture with me that if people believe an antibiotic will not work for them, if that's their belief, well, I'll take it because everybody's telling me to take it, but this is not going to work for me. It, according to Dr. Ben, it will usually, not every time, but it will usually not work for them if they believe it will not work for them. Okay, and then de facto is the reality, the real thing, the whole truth. Whether it's what you want or not, it's the whole truth. Okay, and if you believe the de facto truth and act on it, that's where the results come from that we often say, oh, wow, it was like a miracle. That was wonderful. That was a, a, a turning point. Okay. That's because they believe the truth. And that kind of change can be permanent, long-term, complete, etc. Okay. Uh, I used to have a teaching that I did, and I'm, I'm sure I've done a, a cutting-edge uh, teaching on it, but it was probably eight years ago because it was one of my first ones called the what, the why, and the who. The what is what you do or don't do. The why is why you do what you do or don't do. The who is why you really do it. And and the point is, everything we do and don't do, the real reason and source and where we're coming from on that comes from your identity of yourself and who you are, who you're not, whether you're a person that should clean toilets or not, um, etc. Okay, another ancient manuscript, and this one, <laughs> boy, uh, in, in the group that I grew up in, in the religious group that I grew up in, that was a strict religious group, they hated this this manuscript, all right? Um, and here's what it says. If you have doubts about whether or not you should do something, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions if you do anything. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? If you do anything you believe is not right for you at that time, I added the for not you at that time, the passage says, if you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Whoa, doggy. So you mean it's not just the list? It's not just, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. This is right, this is right, this is right. This manuscript flies in the face of all of that. And it says, if you do it, 
whether or not it's on the list or whichever list it's on or not on, if you do anything believing it is wrong for you to do it at that time and in that place and in that situation, for you it is wrong. And the indication is that if I do it in my situation for me, and I believe it's not wrong, I believe it's right, then it may very well be right for me. The exact same thing. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one this is one of the main reasons that we should absolutely throw in the garbage and and send off to the dump and never go get it again judging of others and even to some degree ourselves, okay? Because what's right for one person may not be right for another. What's wrong for one person may not be wrong for another. And especially about others, we almost never have all the facts, okay? And very often we don't even have the facts about ourselves because we don't know all the un-subconscious stuff. That's the definition of the un-subconscious stuff, that we don't know it. Well, that we don't know part may very well be why I believe it would be wrong for me to do something when maybe everyone else in the world might say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Or, or I think I should do something sometimes, and I've done that. I started the Healing Codes Company out of my basement when everyone told me they thought that was not the right thing to do. But I believed it was for me at that time, even though it was a hard decision. And that decision has been blessed more than I can tell you, okay? Um, I've called this, in the healing codes, conscious conflict from the very first. And that's what is in the healing code book. That's what's in the healing code manual. Um, that's what we check for with people. We work with that a lot with LT3, okay? Um, but conscious conflict is when you violate your own belief system about what you should be doing or not doing. And it is probably the number one thing that will slow down your healing or get you stuck. Okay? So that's what we're talking about. In healing coach terms, is kind of conscious conflict. But isn't that incredible that God says, if, if you, and I believe this is God saying this through Paul, that if you do anything you believe is not right, it isn't right for you. And, and if you assume the opposite of that, it means if you do things that you believe with all your heart are right, then maybe in a lot of those cases it's right for you. Now, I'm not taking that to the extent of like murdering someone or stealing something because a mentally ill person might believe that's right for them, but they're still in violation of their conscience. 
And that's another thing that Paul said thousands of years ago, is that the people who have never heard the truth will be judged eventually by how they obey the law that is written on their heart, which is their conscience. So your conscience is what I call your love compass, and when it comes to things like murder and stealing and stuff like that, we all know inherently, I should not do that, unless we've just done it so many times that our conscience has become seared and we can't really access it anymore. But all of us know that certain things we should not do and certain other things we probably should do, okay? So those are kind of the on-the-list things. But there's a million things not on the list, and I think that's what that's what Paul is primarily talking to here, is when you've got something that you're trying to figure out, should I do this or should I not, it's not clear, like murder or not murder, it's what you believe in your heart is right or wrong for you. Okay. When you heal the fear inside you and start living from a place of love in the present moment, which is what we have been trying to help people do for 14 years, about 14 and a half now, uh, at the Healing Codes, when you do that, a miraculous thing happens. It turns your have-tos into want-tos, just like me and the cleaning the toilet, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So what you have to change in order to start living the way that you believe and know is right for you is you have to change the source of your feelings. Okay? That is your memories, either yours or absorbed from others or imagined or passed down from generations past, okay? And you need an energy tool to do that. Uh, prayer can do that. Prayer is my first choice, always. Uh, using energy tools is, I think, absolutely wonderful and very effective. And, and uh, most of you on this call have seen that, have seen the effectiveness of that in changing the source of your feelings. When, when that fear memory heals, all of a sudden you feel less fear. When all of your fear memories are healed, you usually feel automatically, without even having to work on it, much more love, joy, and peace than, than you have felt before. At least that's been my experience. So when you heal the source of your feelings, it changes the why and the who. In that what, the what, the why, the who. The what is what you do. The why is why you do it. The who is why you really do it. When you heal the source of your feelings, from fear to love, from falsehood to truth, from darkness to light, it changes the who who you believe you are, it changing the who changes the why, why you're doing it. Now, from
from uh, I'm cleaning that toilet from a place of love, not a place of fear. And it changes what you do. I not only cleaned the toilets better than I had ever cleaned them before, but I was doing it with love, joy, peace, happiness, joyfulness, singing, humming, and uh, and hope could not believe it. Okay. So what is your thing? As I wrap this up, what is your thing? Remember where we started. It's not so much what you do. It's how you feel about what you do. All right? Well, how do you feel about what you do? How do you feel about your job? How do you feel about your boss? How do you feel about your employees? How do you feel about yourself and the actual work that you're doing in your work or career? Are you doing absolutely the best that you can? Are you giving it your all, which is what love always does? Fear tries to cut corners and and get other people to do it or not do a good job but still just get paid. Love doesn't do that. Love does its best every time. Okay? So which are you doing? In the most important relationships of your life, how do you feel about what you're doing, not doing? Are you listening to your spouse or partner? Are you listening to your children? Not just talking, not just getting your answer ready, but really listening to not only what they're saying, but what they're not saying that are their feelings behind what they're saying. Okay? Are you really listening? Are you really taking the time to nurture those relationships that need nurturing, just like a plant needs sunshine, good soil, water, nutrients, etc.? Or are you just sort of having them on autopilot and you know they're not as intimate and meaningful and close as they should be or that you would like them to be, but boy, that sure would be a lot of hard work to try to go back and work on all that stuff again, okay? Well, that's have to, not want to. And that's coming from a place of fear and darkness and falsehood, not from a place of light and love and truth. And here's the bottom line. If you continually do things and don't do things that violates your love compass, your conscience, or that violates what you feel you should be doing or should not be doing, I'll make you three promises. You will never be as happy as you can be. You will never be as successful as you can be. And most importantly, you will never have the close, meaningful, intimate relationships that are possible for you. The only way to have those things is to do based on what you believe and feel you should do and shouldn't do. What is right for you at that time and moment. That is the only way 
that you will be happy, healthy, and successful to the degree that you're capable of. And ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, with, with this teaching today, as I've worked with people in, in one-on-one situations over the years, and they have changed this, and they've started doing what they feel like they should do, and get in harmony with their love compass, their conscience, and, and decide, you know what, even if it's extra work, even if it's harder work, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to start living the way I feel like I should live. Okay? And I don't have anything to lose. I might as well try it and see what happens. Okay? Well, inevitably, those people six months to a year later are night and day happier, healthier, and more successful. So get out the healing codes, the relationship codes, the success codes, the master key, and start working on the areas where you are not doing what you feel you should be doing. Okay? It's not so much what you do as how you feel about what you do. Those things where you don't feel good about what you're doing Start working on those with the tools and in prayer and have as your intention that starting now or January 1st or whatever it is, as best as I can, and you'll never do it perfectly, I'm going to start living the way I feel and believe I should be living. And I believe if you do that, really follow through and do it, and we're here to help you do it, that by July or this time next year, you're going to be in a very, very, very different place. You are metaphorically (laughs) going to be singing and humming while cleaning the toilet. And you're going to see everything in your life start to get better and better. This information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have.